Blog Talk Radio. You can follow me at Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow the 110 Nation at 110 Nation. I'm assuming it was DLR. I guess we need to ask Elon Musk on that. Um, but you guys can also check out our fan page, my personal fan page, Mr. CJ Sports. The 110 Nation fan page, the 110 Nation Sports. Um, glad to be here on this Monday night. I tell you what, it's been a long, long weekend. Um, but glad to be back in the studio. <clears throat> Glad and, and blessed, really, truly am. I'm blessed to be able to be sit here and doing what uh, I love, truly and passionately love to do. That's sit here and talk sports with you guys. Uh, I want to make sure that I thank uh, Phoenix Fit uh, Fitness. Um, you guys can check them out at Phoenix Fit. That's FNXFit.com. Um, great, great supplements. Um, took my pre and post workout today. Um, didn't, didn't do the protein. Get a little on the protein. Got to buy some more of the protein. <laughs> but make sure you guys check them out. Also, got to thank uh, Carolina Sports Plus. Make sure you guys check them out on Facebook, Carolina Sports Plus. Uh, waiting for the word for uh, from Mario on when the website's going to be up. So you guys can just go and directly buy from there. But uh, let him know the 110 Nation sent you. Yeah, he, those guys will hook you up over there. And I also got to thank Bears Bullish Market Group um, for their support. For everybody that goes over and joins their Facebook group, um, Bears Bullish Market uh, Group will uh, um, donate to the 110 Nation. And then also at the end of each quarter, they're going to be donating, helping us continue to grow and uh, help us uh, upgrade and be able to do different contests and stuff like that. So I've got to thank them um, as well for being part of the 110 Nation. Don't forget, Tuesday nights, you guys can uh, check out Race Chat Live right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. Um, glad, uh, looking forward to another uh, – episode uh, with Chris, Craig, and Taz. As a matter of fact, it's going to be just Taz and Craig as Chris was out at Talladega. Um, hell of a race as the guys will be catching you guys up on all the action at Talladega um, for the Xfinity Series, which I got that pick right. I'm Noah Gregson. Um, in the wild finish for the Cup Series with uh, Ross Chastain winning that race. Um, but uh, the guys get you guys caught up. They also have a great guest joining them as well. So make sure tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. You guys check that out. Thursday night, Southern Dirt Track Report, 8 o'clock. Um, local racing from uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Florida. 
Uh, make sure you guys check that out. It is always a great time. And then looking forward to here in the next couple of weeks, the Jay Dillon Show joining the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network on Sunday nights, 8 o'clock. Make sure you guys don't miss that. Don't forget you guys can find us, um, all our shows on, of course, we are live um, all the shows are live on Block Talk Radio, and of course, I'm doing live on Block Talk Radio and Wisdom, as uh, I have joined the Wisdom family here, and so glad to be a part of that and the experience there, and a bunch of great shows over there. If you guys have not downloaded the Wisdom app um, on your phone, they have an iPhone and Android uh, version, make sure you guys go over there and download and check out all the great shows going on over there. But I got to... Um, uh, but you also can find, uh, catch our shows on iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, po- uh, Podcast Addicts, YouTube, um, iTunes, uh, Spreaker. Um, seems like I'm missing one or two of them out there, but uh, you can pretty much catch us anywhere. Um, so make sure you guys check us out, um, the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. Uh, got a got an opportunity this weekend to uh, – Go out to Day Air Ballpark. Um, for those that are not familiar or from this area, um, the Dayton area, um, that is where the Dayton Dragons uh, may a Triple A team play their baseball games at, and uh, uh, they are the affiliates of the Cincinnati Reds. Not a Reds fan by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I tell you what, the great ballpark, great time, and uh, the Dragons, as of yesterday, were 11-4, and four. so unlike the Reds, who were like 3-13, and 13, we're having a great season, uh, but uh, I, I got the opportunity to go out there, as, uh, for those that have been listening to the uh, show, uh, we uh, split three-way on half, half of a uh, season ticket uh, package. So I get 11 games this year. Um, next year, we're uh, we're going to drop one of our partners, and we're going to do half of a full year each. So I'm going to get 33 games next year. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, but uh, this Friday was my second game as I had opening night tickets, and we had won. And uh, we had Friday night game. Uh, beautiful weather. Um, it should have been the makings of a great game, uh, except for the fact that uh, – the uh, Michigan, I think it's West Michigan, Whitecaps uh, handed our butts to us. Um, wasn't the greatest game in the world to watch. Um, there was not a lot of productivity. Well, like I said, we did. Uh, they they weren't up by much, and we did hit a home run. I thought we was gonna make a, a comeback, and then things just got out of hand after that real fast, quick, in a hurry. It was it was it was not amusing by any stretch of the imagination um, to to watch the uh, Dane Dragons suffer the the way that they did. Um, they had an official out there. I, I, it was it was entertaining. Um, they they did have a, uh, an umpire out there, and uh, probably one of the worst calls I had ever seen in in baseball, or not the worst, but one of the worst. Um, one of the Dane Dragon uh, players, I can't remember which one it was, uh, stole second base. Well, attempted to steal second base. Well, he actually stole it. Um, the uh, Whitecaps uh, catcher actually had uh, beat the uh, runner by about three steps. Like I, I don't even think he was sliding yet. And second baseman had had the uh, ball already, and the ump called him safe. Uh, <laughs> we all just kind of uh, looked the other direction, and <laughs> nobody complained about the horrible call. He, he should, <laughs> no doubt in my mind, he should have been out by a mile. Um, we did, uh, I turned around as I found out in the middle of the week, Castilla, um, the Reds' ace, um, was going to be pitching Sunday's game or, or, or pitching some of Sunday's game. He ended up pitching two and a half innings. I think it was like 35 pitches or something. Um, I think he was on a uh, restricted uh, pitch count as, uh, or just till he felt that uh, he was done for the day as he's coming off rehab. Um, had I think they said four strikeouts if I remember correctly. Had walked bases loaded. Unfortunately, uh, the next pitcher came in, ended up walking in one of the runs. So that that uh, run was docked to Castilla. But after that, uh, um, the next pitcher had cleared off the bases. We ended up winning um, something like ten to three. It was home run home run galore. It was a, it was a nice beautiful day. It was a great. I, I tell you what, we got there. Um, it was going into the second inning as um, 
we were running a little bit behind with church and everything. And so it, it, I knew it was going to be a tight, a tight fit. And I knew it was going to be a pretty crowded game with uh, um, the Reds and the Scouts and everything being out there. So you knew there was going to be a lot of people out there in the parking and everything else. And usually parking is not, not that big of a deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice little hike and, uh, um, but got an opportunity to watch watch a great game. Um, get a, did get to watch an inning and a half of Castilla pitch. Um, it was good to see some heat thrown out there and uh, um, watch those Whitecaps uh, strike out and um, the Dragons really take advantage of it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if he's scheduled to make any more appearances. I'm assuming they're going to work him a few more times before they call him up, even though that the Reds desperately need him out there with that 3-13 and record. Um, but I, I would think that the uh, smart and wise, healthy decision would be to uh, give him um, some more time down in the uh, AAA ranks with the Dane Dragons um, and, and kind of work up his pitch count and uh, build up uh, his arm strength and everything, getting him ready um, to be back out there on the mound for the Reds. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a pretty insane crowd. It was. Uh, Pretty, uh, pretty intense to uh, get out there. You know, I, I, I talked about this many times, um, not so many times on the show. Uh, I think I've talked about it once or twice on this show. Um, but I, unfortunately, with joining the military and being down in North Carolina for 25-ish or years, I left, what, October of 96. I just moved back, and so uh, – I moved back in October of 2019, so I guess that would make about 23 years, minus one year overseas in Bosnia, Hungary, and Croatia. So I was in North Carolina for 22 years. Um, but I didn't get an opportunity to – I didn't get an opportunity to a lot of things. Um, you know, since I've been back, as a matter of fact, this year for my birthday, I got to go to a Columbus Blue Jacket game. Um, we didn't have hockey in Ohio when I left. So, the, you know, being a hockey fan is something that I've kind of had to learn to be because we just didn't have it. Um, and so by the time I really kind of walked into hockey, you know, I, it, I was I was, I was was late to the game, I guess, <laughs> late to the, to the party. Um, and probably one of the best experiences of my life was being at that Blue Jacket game, even though we lost, even though they reversed the call in overtime, and we ended up losing like 30 seconds later. Um, but uh, the Dayton Dragons is one of those experiences I, I unfortunately did not get to experience um, in its heydays when Ken Griffey Sr. was out there as a batting coach, when uh, was that Vado uh, was, was going through the ranks and was playing for the Dragons. And, the 815 straight game streak of sold out packed house games. Um, I, I'm hoping, really hoping that one Castilla pitches a few more games. I really am hoping um, that the Dragons continue to have the season that they're having. Starting off at 11 to four, I hope this is just not, you know, starting out the gate hot or, or just one of those runs or anything. I'm hoping this is a thing, things to come for this season. Uh, the reason is, is I would love, as aggravating as it was, to be squashed between two people. And even more aggravating as it was to have to have people get out of our seats, even though, you know, we were just getting into the second second inning, and we would have been in our seats in the, still in the first inning if it would, the lines would have been for a rat. I don't like that part of it. That, that was something I've not had to experience the whole time that I, um, of all the Dayton Dragon games, I've probably been to about 10 games in the last two years, haven't experienced an actual long lines or really any lines at all um, for the concession stands. So that's something i got to adjust to. Um, but I, I, I missed the beginning. I missed the sellout crowds. You're talking 60 games a year, 66 games or uh, 66 home games. Um, so you, you're looking 66 home games and 815. That, that's, that's quite a long stretch of sellout games. Um, that, that's an impressive run at a triple A level. Um, I, w- I would like to see these Dane Dragons be able to pick up the minimum. And they they got a team. <laughs> um, you know, they they got some of the players there. They're cheering, um, cheering for them to be called up. Like they they are. Um, the, the the fans are as much as and that's the only thing that sucks about you sitting here watching these AAA games. 
um, is the fact that, you know, tomorrow or next week or next month that they may not be out there. Um, that they they might get caught up, and that you know there, there's no guarantee that um, De La Cruz is going to be uh, even on the Dragons or even a Reds player next week. You, you just don't know whether they are Martinez um, or, or you know any of these players. Their catcher Matt Nelson. Um, I want to say Quintana, and I, I know I'm jacking it up because I remember them saying it, and I thought that doesn't even look nowhere as close, but he was one of the uh, players, um, the third baseman that cracked uh, at least one of the home runs over uh, on Sunday. Um, but you know that, you know, there, there's a possibility. You know, it's not like, you know, a fan of a Major League Baseball team where most of these people are locking into two, three, five, ten-year contracts. Yes, you're going to have your trades. Yes, you're going to have players go on. But there's not the rotation, you know, and that's one of the things that's hard about college football, is especially these one and dones, these people going into the draft early, is, you know, you're you're more of a fan of the team, and you don't get to really get to have that relationship with the players, um, and, and build. You know, that's one of the things I love about being a NASCAR is you you get to be a fan, not necessarily the team, the fan of the driver. You, you get to have that special bond uh, of fanship towards myself being the Kyle Busch fan or all those Dale Senior fans. I mean, figure Dale Senior's been gone for, what, 21 years at this point? I um, mean, you know, the the senior fans act like, you know, he was he just passed away last year. Um, Petty, um, Richard Petty fans. And, and you know, we we go on, on on fans on top of fans. I mean, Bill Elliott ain't racing forever, but Chase Elliott being out there, um, you know, you're, you're still here in Austin, Bill from Dawsonville, and now, you know, they're, they're trying to make a rhyme with Chase and Dawsonville and everything else. Um, you know, that's one of the great things about being a NASCAR fan is, you know, it don't matter what team, you know, Kyle start off at Hendrick, but I I followed him to Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, it's a little bit different. Clint Boyer fans, who originally was over at RCR, and then be, ran for Tony, uh, you know, Stuart Haas, um, and now in the booth. And you know, you, you get that personal connection, and you, you somewhat get of it. Get it when you you're you know a fan of a professional team. Um, but then you have your LeBrons that, you know, are you great? You know, we we got LeBron. We're, you know, we're, we're the Cavaliers, hometown. Then he goes to Miami. Then, okay, well, you know, forget LeBron. Ain't no way. Um, and then you kind of put your, your, your pride to the side and get your, you know, okay, he's back. You know, he, he made things right just from leaving him. Um, but Triple A, you don't even really get a chance to even have that kind of bond because from season to season, month to month, you don't know. Um so I, you know, I, I have to be a fan of just the dragons. I have to be a fan of, and, and we was at the we was at the stadium, and it's crazy because I don't know how many people listening to the show if it's on iHeartRadio or Spotify or Blog Talk or Wisdom um, or, or Spreaker or iTunes or whatever the case. How many people have been to the Dayton area and in, in Dayton, Ohio? Um, Dayton's up the greatest of cities. Um, just then I work in Moraine, which is just outside of Dayton. You know, growing up, I didn't spend a lot of time in Dayton, period. You know, I lived outside of Dayton. It's back where I'm living. I literally lived two minutes up the road from where I grew up at um, and, and living in my wife's house, whose house that she grew up in. Um, so, you know, we, we literally lived two minutes from each other. And for those who don't know, my wife is actually my first ever girlfriend. Um, that's what actually got me back here in North or back here in Ohio from North Carolina. But anyway, we get sidetracked. Um, trying to think where I was even going with that um, that whole story. Um, but. I've had to learn to to embrace the whole fandom uh, of being a Dane Dragons fan. And I, I tell you what, the the stadium. Like I said, I, I hate that I missed the beginning. I hate I wasn't part of that run. And, and more than anything, I'm hoping that we get to have that run. We get to have. I would love to have an opportunity, and I've been to, unfortunately, unfortunately in, oh, I'm talking about Dayton. I remember now. Um, for those that have been in Dayton and know that Dayton's not the greatest city. I mean, it's not Chicago, and it's not, you know, some of these other places that are in New York that are just like, you know, you kind of fear and you don't want to be in the wrong wrong place for all time kind of scenario. 
worry about pickpocketers or being shot and everything else. I mean, hell, Chicago capital, you know, capital murder of the world there. Um, but to have this nice, beautiful stadium with these nice restaurants, the local cantina, and um, this this whole apartment complex and the the loft that you get to see the whole game, whole field on. I mean, you wouldn't imagine that you were in downtown Dayton. Like the, this field is just so amazing. It's so um, it looks even to this point, this many years later after it's been open, it looks like it's brand new. They have done a phenomenal job in not only building the stadium, um, but the upkeep and how good it looks, especially being in downtown Dayton. Like I said you're standing on that field, and you're you what you can see from the baseball field, the surrounding area, what you can actually physically see, not stand on the sidewalk outside uh, of the stadium um and for the most part, even walking around the stadium, you don't see anything really it's not you know, there's a few like oh my god, we're you know why why did they fix this up, but for the most part, you know it, they've done a phenomenal job of surrounding that stadium with nice restaurants and buildings and and kind of touristy I'm not gonna say touristy things, just local restaurants and, and places to go and say people or places to see. Uh, but what you're in that stadium and you look out, uh, like you you would never imagine that you're in the middle of Dayton, Ohio. Like it just does not look like Dayton, Ohio. Um but I'd give anything to see them have this run to because I've never gotten that. Like I, I, I remember I was going with that next was the fact that I, you know, unfortunately it's been in Cincinnati, but I've gone to I think the last three years I've been to the Cincinnati Cleveland game. I think we won two out of three. We might have won all three times against Cincinnati. Um, last year we beat the brakes off them. The first year we won. I can't remember the second year. Now we did have tickets to the Cleveland Washington game that we did beat Washington, uh, but unfortunately that was COVID year, so we didn't get to go to that. I've been to since. I've been back to Indianapolis to go watch the race last year when they did it on the road course. Um, and matter of fact, a couple weeks from now, we're going to Eldora. I've not had a chance to go to Eldora and experience the whole Eldora uh, raceway experience, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been to a Reds-Cleveland game right before I moved back. I moved back in October of 2019, July, fourth weekend. A buddy and I went down to Cincinnati and watched the Indians. Uh, he was a Reds fan. The Indians won. Um, and that's kind of when I lost my interest in the Indians, when they became the Guardians. Because um, we all know I don't do all that. Um, where else have I been in the last um, the, the Columbus Blue Jacket games? That was probably a close experience of the excitement that I'm getting ready to get into. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been to... When I was in the military in AIT, I got to go to the Dallas Mavericks and the Washington Bulls still the time basketball game. I've been to um, I, I've been to a Cleveland game when it was right before they uh, shut down the stadium and played Jacksonville the last year and last season over there in '95. Um, we lost. I've been to many Cincinnati Reds games, unfortunately. I've been to many Cincinnati Bengals games, unfortunately, as the rest of my family is Cincinnati Bengals and Reds fans. I have been to probably a hundred different races between Atlanta, uh, Martinsville, Bristol, um, Daytona, Miami, uh, Miami Homestead. Um, Rocky, Rockingham, um, seems all Charlotte, uh, counting the Indianapolis, and then not, not to mention local tracks. But I've never had the experience. I've never got to have that full experience of it being electrifying. In, and I've been to many WWE events, and I have yet been... I've never been part of an electrifying experience, a an experience that just kind of, like I said, that Columbus Blue Jacket game, the excitement to watch us, I think we scored like three goals within a time gaming span of maybe a minute, minute and a half. And to win it in overtime, well, we thought we won it in overtime, and the place erupt and be a part of that. Unfortunately, we're under review, it gets overturned, we lose, and we go from the high, that high to a very disappointing low. Um, it's probably the closest I've gotten to the experience, but I, I want to have that experience. You know, I got nine more games on my season ticket experience for this season, plus any other games we decide to purchase. Plus, I know people that work in the work for the Dayton Dragons that. Um, he let me know any games I need tickets for, just let him know. So I, I venture to say we're going to probably be at least 15 more games before this year's out. I would love to have 
have the experience of the excitement of a full stadium, um, fans just going crazy, um, us being in first place, going in the playoffs, just that whole electrifying experience, like just losing your mind kind of passion experience. Because a man of, that has been around sports for so long and the unfortunate of being a Cleveland Browns fan, I have never really got to experience it. And now I, I wish that I've gotten to go and being a big Buckeye fan, having a brother that went to Ohio State, and uh, um, living half my life, only an hour up the road from um, the Horseshoe. I wish that I've gotten to go experience Ohio State games. I, I you know, I, I, I know what the atmosphere would feel like as I bounce for – out of my 12 years, probably about five or six years in Chapel Hill with the um, North Carolina Tar Heels and um, getting to experience the the, uh, the frats and the, the, the bar scene and the club scene and being there while live televised and having to bounce the full security side. I know what the experience is like, but being very anti-UNC especially, but anything other than Ohio State, I didn't get to feel the experience. I got to watch them have the experience. I got to I got to watch them erupt. I I never worked anywhere where it was so packed and insanely loud um, in my life. And watching the Tar Heels, I think it was '07 that they won the championship uh, with uh, Hansboro and uh, that whole the Felton and that whole group. Um, it was insane. It was insane working the, uh, the 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 tournaments. It was insane being there for the championship game. It was just a whole different experience. And I, as a fan of a team, have never got to experience that. And this is a person that grew up in elementary school watching sports. Like I, I was the type, even in elementary school, I got up an hour, two hours early, and watched Sports Center over and over. Poor me didn't know no better that, you know, I probably could have found better sports to watch. And unfortunately for the trash that it went to be in, and thank God we got FS1 and other, other NBC Sports and um, all these other shows and um, Pat McAfee and all of them. Uh, thank God we got, we got better quality sports stuff to watch. Um, but I, I was the type that I grew up where everything was competition. We would literally, and this is no joke, <laughs> We literally, I don't know which is even funnier, we had a slight hill to our driveway. And this wasn't what I was going to tell you first. This is the positive lesser of the two, how competitive we were. Um, we had a slight hill to the driveway. We, we would have probably four or five, six kids in the neighborhood come over with matchbox cars, and we would let them roll down and race down the driveway and had a whole point system and everything. But the, the part that really got me thinking was funny. Um, if it rained or somebody was washing their car and it was in a, an abundant supply of water coming down and it would roll to the center of the road and then it would follow the path all the way to the drain storm, we would find pieces, we would get pieces of grass and we would have grass race in the water as the water goes down to the storm, um, the storm drain um, or the sewer cover, whatever, in the middle of the road. Like, uh, that's how competitive we were. Um, everything was a competition. Everything we kept stats on. If we had home run derby, we kept stats on it. If we played two-hand touch football out in the neighborhood, I don't care if there's four of us, we kept stats on it. Um, if we played one-on-one or two-on-two in basketball in the, in the, the cul-de-sac, we kept stats on it. Um, so the, the, I was a person that sports was everything in my life. Um, you know, we, we, we started this sports thing 11 years ago, um, April 15, 2011. Um, I, I can't tell you, I would say half my closet is sports stuff, sports shirts, sports jerseys, sports jackets, whatever the case may be. I have a whole corner of, of my room designated to the sports stuff. I have a whole probably corner of the garage full of sports memorabilia that as soon as I have, we finally get to a place where we're in an actual location that I, I it's, it's going to be fully decorated and fully Half of a sign. Like I, I've spent most of my life as a sports fan, and everything revolving around sports. How it's killed a relationship, a thirteen-year relationship was part of part of what killed that. Um, sports has been the world to me, and getting into this, like I said, as why 
I, I, I was talked about the fact that I was blessed to have this opportunity to sit here again on a, another Monday night and talk sports. Because at the end of the day, this is my my truest, most purest um, pleasure. This this is what I this is what I want. You know, most people that when they're growing up, they know what they want to do. I had no idea until I fell across this. And, you know, I've done some things well. I, I worked at a New York style pizza place. I, I I've tried to be financially financed to to purchase one. Um, I I even had someone that put down like twenty five grand a house to collateral at an eight hundred score of it because the guy that was buying it from did everything underneath the table. It looked like it was going under, and so we could get financed. I, I mean, making my own dough, stromboli, spinning pizzas be able to be have creative juices and learn how to make like tiramisu from scratch and everything. Um, you know, I, I had a passion for it, but until I came across this and had an opportunity to sit here for 11 years and do this and us have shows and be part of shows and be part of different things like this, this was the true calling. This is what I want to do. I mean, for the ultimate end game of this is to be in a building and to have enough shows that we're on 24 seven um, to, to have a staff full of writers and relaunch this website that we're planning on April 15, 2023 relaunching that we've locked up for the next 10 years, all this stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I have never had that passion or that, that, that not passion, but that, that feeling of a season, that, that feeling of being at the stadium, like it's been a great time. But I, I've never been part of some run, like, and been able to be part of some excitement. To, to, I, I couldn't imagine being and having 15 games to go to this year, and it be the most electrifying, tingling feeling that I've ever experienced in my life. And that's that's something as a sports fan, everybody should get to experience once. No, at least once, um, and, and have an opportunity. I, I think the closest a feeling that I got to anything um, outside of Columbus game is sitting in sitting in North Carolina, sitting in Fayetteville, North Carolina, at a B Dubs with a good buddy of mine. Um, God, I can picture his face right now. Um, he is actually from Ohio. He happened to be a Browns fan. He, I'm Tim. Um, Browns fan, Cleveland uh, at the time, Indians fan, um, Cavalier fan. And for us to meet up at B-Dubs to watch game seven and to watch us come back and, and come back from a 3-1 deficit to the Golden State Warriors, something that had never been done in NBA history. Um, and, and just the excitement, the feeling, and, and being around as many other fellow Ohioans in North Carolina at that B-dubs in Fayetteville um, was probably the next closest experience to, to have uh, my buddy Tim sit there. I mean, he teared up. Like I, I never, I have never had, I, I don't tear up. <laughs> I don't ever tear up anyway. And people have asked, you know, to include my wife, have you ever cried about anything? Um, I'll tell you what, if the Cleveland Browns ever won the Super Bowl, I might cry. <laughs> um, that's why I told everybody this year why the Browns fly, end up not doing Jack. As I always told everybody, if the Browns ever went to the Super Bowl, I was going, I'd find a way no matter what. And I think God knows I ain't got the money to go. Would not have the money to go to the Super Bowl this year, especially the prices I heard. So uh, um, that's why why we didn't go this year. Um, and had a horrible season. Um, but I, I would give anything to have that opportunity to to be able to have that feeling, um, to be part of something that – that electrifying, I, I just can't imagine. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping that the Dragons gives me that opportunity. I mean, it, season tickets, I mean, it costs us, me and the wife, $30 for every game we go. Um, even buying tickets, we were literally was one section over one row back. It cost us a little over $50 for this weekend. We're right by third base. Um, 
And so, I mean, it's not, not an outrageous experience. It's literally a five, ten minute drive. One side of the road is five dollars parking. If it's filled up, the cross the street's ten dollars parking. Or parking is so it's not horrible. Um, I'm a big fan of the eight dollar beers though, or eight dollar whatever. I think we drove or drunk Mike Hart's lemonade. Um, but I'm not I'm not big on the beer prices, but it's the price. To, <laughs> that's what you pay anywhere you go. So uh, it's kind of that experience. Uh, but talking about fans, um, you know. I got to watch video this last this last weekend of the uh, Yankees and um, the the Guardians Cleveland team and watching the uh, watching the New York Yankees fans throw trash beer cans, water bottles, whatever they could at the uh the Cleveland's outfielder. And you know I, I don't know at what point in life in sports and entitlement in society, I don't I don't know what word, what to what extent here, that we have felt that it's all right to behave in that manner. When do we feel as fans it is all right Regardless of what happened prior to that. Now, I didn't see prior video, but the, there's really, there's nothing unless he, he, unless the outfielder took a ball and threw it as hard as he could at somebody, which we know that didn't happen. That there, There's no excuse for what we experienced. What we had to watch at the New York Yankees game with the fans throwing stuff at the ball player and then throwing a hit in the uh, umpire and everything else. You know, last week we we speculated and we ended up being right that Kyrie Irving would get fined. We we figured from the figures we heard about fifty thousand dollars, which that's what he got fined um, for flipping off fans. And I talked about the fact that. Fans shouldn't be able just to say whatever. But also being the paid professional, that you can't just flip off fans and do obscene gestures. I mean, when when Kyrie Irving put the double bird up behind his head, you know, there's kids behind you, there's mothers behind you, there's females behind you. There, there's even grown men that that's just not how they conduct life and handle business and try to be, you know, good citizens, role models, father figures, whatever the case may be. Now, yes, there are heckling fans, and yes, I can understand that they probably get underneath the, the skin of players, and I'm not, and this is a prime example of the Yankees game, not excusing what fans do. Not ex- not excusing what fans say. Um, at the end of the day, baseball player or, or more so Kyrie Irving had to be the professional, the bigger man. You're, I mean, you're you're getting paid millions of dollars. Like, there's nothing really anybody can say. I mean, there there's some horrible things that could be said, and, and some racial things that could be said. That you know, you could have just said, "Hey, look, he said this," and they would ban them from the arena. I mean, I, I'm not. And I tell everybody when I do my interviews that um, not every fight is worth fighting. I will fight your fight. This is literally what I tell anybody that I interview or anybody I hire that every fight is not worth fighting. That if the fight is fight worth fighting, I will fight your fight. I have been with this company for seven and a half years. I. I, I I am viewed upon as being part of the best of the best. I am an NIT store, a training store. I have interviewed to become a district manager, um, and they're working on a self-development plan to to move me up as a district manager. I I, I know what what fights are worth fighting, what fights will keep your job, what fights will not keep your job. 
I promise you, if the fight is worth fighting, I will fight your fight. But don't take offense if I don't fight your fight for you, because if it's not worth fighting, I'm not going to fight your fight. And just move on and live to see another day. I said, I won't tolerate two things. You're not going to talk down to my females in my store, and you're not going to say anything racially. I said, there's nothing that's ever happened before um, in my stores, but it won't happen, um, or I won't tolerate it. I said, and, and nobody's allowed to put their hands on you. You're allowed to defend yourself, but with Circle K, you're allowed to defend yourself. But once you cross that line of being an aggressor, then you're, 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 you're teeter-tottering on whether or not you're keeping a job or not, um, So, which has nothing that's ever happened in my store, any of my stores anyway. Um, but I tell them, not every fight is worth fighting. And I think someone should have had that speech with Kyrie Irving that every fight is not worth fighting. Here you are down three to nothing tonight looking at game four elimination. And you've been more focused and more wrapped up and worried about what Boston fans are saying and worrying about flipping them off and worrying about getting yourself uh, fined and everything else versus being focused on task at hand. And, and that's eliminating um, the Boston Celtics who are about to sweep you, um, but more so the New York. Um, that is an excuse fans. And that goes with them. You know, fans expect the, the, these, these players to act on a professional level. They, 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 they expect these ball players to shut up and dribble. Not that I'm a fan of politics and all this other stuff getting involved, because honestly, when I turn sports on, I, this is my opportunity to get away from the world. It's a way for, way for me to get away from um, the politics. It's a way for me to get away from all this woke stuff, this inflation stuff, this Iraq, um, Russia and Ukraine stuff. Like that's And this hour while I'm on the show, there's no anything going on that – I know on the, the world could be the, the entire rest of this world could be on fire. There, there could be, well, I would hear the fire trucks, but I could say this whole road could literally be on fire. And I wouldn't know. Like, this is my, this is my time to escape. This is my time to get away from the world. This is one of the reasons why I got into doing this. This is one of the reasons why I, I love doing this. This is my way to escape the world. So I am not one I'm not one to um, want to hear politics or hear want to hear gender stances or uh, homophobic or pro um, homo uh, LBG whatever um, battles. I, I all that stuff. I don't want to hear none of that. When I turn on sports, I want to just watch sports. I am here to watch sports. I want to watch one team um, beat another team or one car out, out speed another car or whatever you want to say it. Um, and that's what fans expect. But reality check, fans, if that's what you're expecting, if you're expecting these professionals to act professionals, these professionals expect you to act like respectable fans and the, the throwing of the, the the trash and throwing the cans and throwing the bottles and hitting umps with in the back of the head with stuff like you're no better than these players that and these athletes that you sit there on social media and bash and you talk all this crap about you know, I, I, I want to be part of that fan base that I was just talking about, the excitement, the, the, electric, the electricity, the, the experience. And I come back from a baseball, I don't know if I came back from the baseball game or if I was catching highlights while we was in between innings, and then I got to see that on my phone. I'm like, no wonder there's this this – distance between fans and, and athletes. No wonder, you know, you got this constant bickering back and forth on social media platforms or you got uh, players that professional athletes want to um, flip up fans off or everything else. You know, I, I'm, I've never been a fan of the, the LeBron taking everything so personal. And getting kicked, getting people kicked out left and right. Um, but unfortunately, the more and more you get to be around fans, and more and more you you watch, 
different sports events and catch different clips. It's more and more you kind of understand sometimes why some of these athletes have the reactions that they have, why they say some of the things they say and gesture some of the things that they gesture. And like I said, I'm not condoning it. I'm not, I'm not promoting it. I'm not anything like I, I, I'm not saying it's right. Because at the end of the day, there are kids that are growing up and look at these athletes as role models. At the end of the day, my grandparents, my father-in-law, my mother, my 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 children, my you know my wife—they don't have. They shouldn't have to see that stuff. What what Dick Harry and Tom over there said or through whatever. My my 11-year-old son or my wife or anybody, my mom, should not have to. Not that my mom's got the cleanest mouth in the world. Really not a good example, but um, shouldn't have to experience seeing some of that stuff and, and having to hear professional athletes that, you know, kids look up to or, you know, someone that my mom might think is professional or I think professional and say that the things they say in front of our kids or, you know, heaven forbid my grandson be at a game and, and have to ex- experience this stuff. Like, you you can't have it one way and not the other. You want these athletes to act on a professional level. You want these athletes to conduct themselves in a, a manner that you feel it is professional and what you, the experience you paid to go see, the athletes are expecting the same thing in return. Like they're, they're there to put on a performance for you. They're there to compete for your team, the team that you support. And just because you don't like a call or like a player or like a decision, you, you can't act like an animal. Like you just can't. Um, that was, that was I, I just can't believe the, the things that I saw, um, and that, that's crazy. Um, you got Debo uh, Debo Samuel. <laughs> This this crazy this this situation's I don't know. Want to get out of San Francisco? Doesn't doesn't want to play dual. Instead of just sitting down like a grown adult and like, look, you know, I, I just want to be a wide receiver. I, I I find it hard to believe that the Forty ers would rather bite off their own hand versus just making an adjustment. You, you got Debo Samuel that now wants to go to another team because he don't want to be used as a running back. He just wants to play the true wide re- receiver position. You know, it's crazy because you got you got players like Braxton Miller, Tebow, that will play any position a team needs them to play. Granted, both of them had to be quarterback position and weren't the greatest at um, and, and had every reason to adjust to. Um, and looking forward to another Wayne um, Wayne High School uh, football season as um, we get an opportunity to see Braxton Miller out at the Wayne games as uh, he works with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, um, of course, uh, Ohio State um, does pay a lot of attention as that's where Braxton Miller played as well. Um to the Wayne Warrior football program, one of the best football programs in the state of Ohio in high school football. So, of course, there's always a lot of attention out here. Um, But it's crazy to have an athlete that I understand as a a running back and and what they're asking or what they're hoping out of um, Debo is is going to, I guess – for better terms, hurt the long term. In other words, I, I understand that the usage and the wear and tear is going to kind of shorten his career. But 
But getting traded to another team and demanding a trade is not necessarily going to be the solution. And he, he can say it has nothing to do with the money. It has to do with wanting to play his true position. Um, but it's also been quoted as him wanting to be paid much better than what he's getting or offered to get, is offering to get paid. And in the, the day, there's no doubt in my mind that is part of the decision as well. But you're not going to convince me that the 49ers are not willing to make an adjustment to either eliminate or at least reduce the running, the snaps he takes as the running back position and get him out as the wide receiver position or more of a UT. What happened to the days when you had Devin Hester was willing to play both or Eric Metcalf who played both or Deion Sanders that, you know, played multiple positions. Um, I said, I, 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 I understand it's kind of the risk versus reward. Like, if you you play this position right and you maximize your opportunity, you leverage yourself for a whole lot more money than you do just as a running back or just as a receiver. When you when you start talking about your percentage of how many times you touch the ball versus total offensive snaps and total yards and how many of those are are allotted to you, how many how many receiving and, and rushing yards you have, t- touchdowns. What's the percentage of touchdowns that Debo has versus the rest of the entire roster? Like all you do is solidify your argument about more money. I understand, and I guess this is where I'm different. And I I guess this is also the lack of experience for me. Um, You know, I I played when I was young. You're you're talking third, fourth, what, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, four years, three, four years of football. Um, and, And I played multiple positions. Nowhere, obviously nowhere near um, the same level or, or the same um, um, physicality. You're, you're talking elementary school now. Um, but I played whatever they asked me to play. Um, I, you know, I started off on the offensive line, wasn't the greatest of blocker, switched leagues and became a running back. And so I played running back and then I was linebacker, defensive end, safety, cornerback. Um, I played a little bit of everything on the defense. Um, I had played anything they asked me to play because in the, the day I wanted to win. I, I wanted the opportunity to be the best of the best. And there, there's no doubt in my mind if I had the opportunity to play in the professional level that I would have that same mentality I, just because of the sacrifices and things I've given up even at my jobs now where I could have held on to certain store manager or assistant managers and let them go to become store managers and done without where I have the the busiest store in the entire market and I'm doing it with four people because I give up people for the better of the team um, and working 80, 90 hours a week just in the store, not counting anything else I have going on. Um, I also would understand that there's a good chance that it would shorten my my shelf life. But to me, it's one of those things, one, if I am viewed as the most utilized person on my team, my next contract is going to be fat. I would rather have one huge contract coming up because I am a receiver. I am a running back. I am I am pretty much your entire offense. I mean, let's look at you. you got Garoppolo who can't stay healthy and uh, – um, I almost said Jordan Love. Um, Lord have mercy, the guy they wasted a draft pick on. Um, 
I am drawing such a blank right now, and it will come to me here in a second. Um, anyway, you don't have really um, Trey. Um, is it Trey Young? Why am I drawing a blank on this right this second? 49ers quarterback. Trey Lance. That was close. <laughs> um, of course, you still got Kettle, so you still got um, a, a great tight end. But you're pretty much the offense. So I, I, me, this is me now. I would rather go, rather go into this contract, this next contract. I, I would rather put my numbers out there, let them speak for themselves. Hey, look, I, I am, I am most of your offense. I, I, I would, I would be. You're talking about sports are very analytical these days. I would be as most analytical as I can. Percentage of touches, percentage of yards that is done to my productivity, touchdowns, everything I can in my favor. And I would maximize this next comp- contract opportunity. I would get the most years I can at the best pay I can. If I get another contract, I get another contract. But if you are the most utilized, most important piece to this offensive makeup, you're going to get a contract that's going to reward that. You're going to short. You're probably going to shorten your shelf life. But would you rather have one huge contract and enjoy the rest of your life and probably make more than that one contract versus having a couple of mediocre contracts? Because now you're starting to look like a diva. Well, I don't want to play this position. I only want to play this position. I want to play for this team. I want this certain amount. We see how that works out for everybody else. It doesn't, it doesn't pan out. You're not going to get the same amount of money. You're probably not going to get the same amount of years, and you're going to have coaches and GMs that are going to be offish on you. Yes, you produced while you were the 49ers, but now we got to fit you in where you want to when you decide you want to, and do we want to deal with that headache? I don't know. I guess my mentality, I, I – you got some of the greatest players to play this game. To not win a championship, to never go, never win a Super Bowl. Some of them never even went to the Super Bowl. Would give anything to play anywhere, any position, to have a shot to win a Super Bowl. You don't think Dan Marino, after all the times he could not make the Super Bowl, if he had an opportunity to be a kicker or something, that he would just go kick a football to win the Super Bowl? Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller. You don't think that they they would have made position changes or sacrificed something? I'm still, yeah, I'm still on that stupid BS that Reggie Miller would tell Jordan to go with himself if Jordan ever asked him to play. You would go play with him. All those years you fell short, cannot win. You were, what, one and six in the conference, and the one time you made it to the finals, you lost? Like, come on. You're going to tell me that you would have not, you would have not took a chance to win the championship after, what, 15 playoff games or whatever it was that we went through last week? Come on. I want to thank everybody in the Wisdom app that stopped on over. Glad to have you all part of the uh, 110 Nation. Um, you guys can find us um, – over at uh, on our Facebook, the 110 Nation Sports. Um, we also our shows are also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Podcast Addicts, uh, Spreaker, YouTube, um, really just about everywhere at this point. Block Talk Radio. Um, Tuesday night, you got uh, Race Chat Live. Chris, Craig, and Taz are usually in the studio. Chris went to Talladega this weekend, so he will not be in the studio. The guys will be recapping um, Talladega, get you guys ready for next weekend. They do have a great guest joining them as well. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, we got uh, the uh, – um, you would think that I would know this by now. Um, Southern Dirt Trap Report, um, guys talk local racing out of Mississippi. Um, Louisiana and Florida. Make sure you guys don't miss that. 
Um, and coming in May, we got uh, the Jay Dillon Show, Sunday nights, 8 o'clock. Looking forward to having him part of the 110 Nation Sports uh, Radio Network. Um, if you're out there and you're listening, um, even if you guys are listening on the Wisdom app and you want to uh, have your show on our platform, either do the show live on um, our Block Talk Radio platform that gets distributed to iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, and the whole list. I'm going to go through the whole list again. Um, or maybe you want your show syndicated. Um, I know a lot of these platforms, I think Wisdom as well, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I think you can download it and replay the show on other platforms. Uh, we would love to have an opportunity to syndicate uh, different sports shows on our uh our network as we like to and want to continue filling um, slots up. Um, we got about three nights for live shows, and then we can syndicate shows anytime. Uh, maybe you just want to come on and uh, be a co-host. Is This is eventually my show, the 110 Nation Sports Show, is going to eventually go to a two-hour show. I'm just kind of waiting to find that right co-host as I've done two-hour shows and then I've had dead time trying to do two-hour shows. So I would rather just now be a one-hour show and be full of content versus trying to do two hours by myself and have dead airtime. Um, so I am currently looking for and actively looking for someone that would want to join or maybe you just want to come and talk different sports. Maybe come on for 15, 20 minutes, talk NBA, NASCAR, NFL, whatever the case may be. Just hit me up, Mr. CJ sports at gmail.com or uh, send us a message on our uh, give us a dm on our fan page the 110 nation sports or my fan page mr cj sports um you guys can like us over at the 110 nation sports page you guys can like rage chat live their fan page uh southern dirt track report as well um follow us on twitter at 110 nation uh once again i want to thank everybody for hanging out glad to uh have you guys uh out there listening tonight, and uh, don't forget, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Race Chat Live. Until next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.